and welcome to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. Last time in our podcast, we discussed the prophetic word, Nava, spelled N-A-B-A, but it's pronounced N-A-V-A. And we gave the basic definition that Nava is to speak or sing under prophetic inspiration. The word Nava comes from the Strong's Concordance. It's a Hebrew word from the Old Testament, and it's referenced by Strong's number 5012. Nava is connected to the English words in our Bible, prophet and prophesying. So this week, what we would like to do is have an interview with someone, and let's hone in on the singing part of Nava and what it means. So that means to sing under prophetic inspiration. So I've invited a guest to be with us today on the show. I've invited Matt Akins, Pastor Matt, my worship pastor. He's an accomplished songwriter. Uh, he's an accomplished musician, singer, and he's a worship pastor at a local church. And so uh, he and I love to have discussions about worship music, and I thought he would be the perfect person today to talk about Nava and music. Welcome, Pastor Matt. Thank you for being on this podcast. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, guys. I'm Matt Akins. It's a pleasure to be on here, Beth, and I'm excited about today's podcast. Wonderful. Glad to have you. So I wanted to talk about uh, Naba and prophetic inspiration, and I want to use a foundational scripture, which is Ephesians 5.19. It says to speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, spiritual songs, I believe, refers to a Hebrew word, tehillah, which means spontaneous praise. So I wanted to kind of talk about the spontaneous element of when the Holy Spirit uh, inspires a song. In fact, that word means to breathe onto a song. So uh, maybe in the if you could talk first about in the songwriting process, when you feel you've been prophetically inspired. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I love songwriting and I love music and just, you know, creating, crafting music. And so that's something I like to do anyway. But I have found that anytime that I'm praying and it's often when I'm not focusing too hard. There are times when I'm trying to write a song and I'm trying to be intentional. And mm -hmm. I find that is good and that's fine. And it can be good for creating a structure. But many of the songs that I've written that are truly anointed, I feel like that's because the Holy Spirit just kind of breathes on something. It could be, for example, it could be in a setting where I'm with other musicians or singers at the church or in a small group, and we're just kind of worshiping freely. And sometimes out of those moments, spontaneous worship just kind of starts happening. And probably some of the best songs that I've written have been from those moments where you take those moments and then you can kind of fine tune that. But there's something inspirational that you can't just strive to achieve. It's something that just comes out of the spirit. Right. And so I would definitely think that um, that falls into this, this category that we're talking about today. Uh, right. So to make that practical. So when I'm involved in praise and worship uh, and begin to prophetically sing, it's because the Holy Spirit usually communicates to me through a picture, whether that be a moving picture or a still picture, typically through my imagination. 
And the Holy Spirit typically will do that with me with an imagery of water. I will either see a waterfall or a river uh, in my imagination. And once I see that, I, I feel like that's the Holy Spirit inspiring me musically, and I begin to sing in the Spirit. Now, how does that typically happen in a pr- practical way for you? Beth, that is a great question. I find that, you know, two things, actually. You know, if I'm driving in my car, a lot of times if I'm just praying and, and you know, worshiping God, just having that one-on-one time, you know, a lot of times um, just something will come to me, just like from from prayer and from that devotion to God, a song will just kind of arise. And I know I know that it's the Spirit. I would think that the practical way to get there is just through prayer, through devotion, you know, morning Bible time, Bible reading, and, and just prayer to God and having that. Because if you're a musician or a singer, in my context, or a worship leader, you know, as musicians and creative people, we always have like a song in our head, and our heart. Music is just in us. So right. the Spirit kind of activates that creative side of us. It kind of happens naturally that we're going to start singing or a melody will come to us or lyrics will come to us. So in that context, I would think honestly, just our devotion with God is the road to get there. Right. Um, right. You know, prayer, devotion, Bible reading. Um, it's not to say that we can't, um, you know, in a creative context, like, like I said, develop a structure, say, you know, start writing music or writing lyrics. That's fine. But, um, but we don't need to isolate any of our creativity from just our one-on-one time with God. And just that, that constant state of, um, you know, praying without ceasing, having that communion with God throughout the day. Right. I know for me, um, a lot of times when I'm having uh, what I call like intercessory worship time with the Lord, it's I just pick up my guitar and, and begin to um, pray through music a lot of times. Uh, and, and songs sort of evolve out of that that I feel like are spirit inspired. Absolutely. Uh, so what about, let's, to keep it practical, what about the performance side of things? Do you feel like the pro- prophetic process is very similar to songwriting, or is it a little different? You know, let's say that I'm in a small group, and I have my acoustic guitar, and I'm leading worship in that context. Or let's say that, you know, I'm with singers and musicians from church. Um, if we are worshiping freely, and if we are enjoying ourselves, and you know, there's a very high chance that by really losing ourselves in worship and enjoying the presence of God, allowing ourselves to really connect with God and just be free and be open, it's going to head down that road and where it's going to lead us to a moment where the prophetic can happen. Something of the Spirit, something inspirational from the Holy Spirit is going to come through in that way. You know, if we're, if we're in, in the context of practice or leading worship, if we're striving and if there's a little bit of a disconnect with the singers and musicians— or disconnect in the room, whatever, once again, whatever situation you're in where you're leading worship or singing, if it's kind of contrived, it, it's probably not going to happen. But right. where there's freedom and where there is unity, also unity with your, your group, your team, um, it's going to lend itself towards that, those moments manifesting. Right. You made some great points. Um, I think another way of saying what you're saying is um, there are levels of worship 
um, that I think of it on terms of the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. Um, and to be able to to really enter into Holy of Holies or prophetic worship, I think that takes time to cultivate also. Yeah. Um, and, and the focus has to be on the Lord. Um, I think sometimes uh, some songs to me are exhortation or praise songs, but they're not necessarily worship songs. Yeah. Uh, I use the analogy that if my, my kids do something, you know, a good grade or something, I can praise them, but I don't worship them. So to me, praise and worship are very distinct from one another. And there's times, good. yeah, there's times just for praise, but then there are times just for worship and, and worship is, is a complete expression. Um, I think it, it all the way to just the spirit to spirit. It says those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I totally agree with that. I think it's something that we have to we have to steward over that, and we have to treat it in a special way. We have to treat those moments and handle them in a, in a special way. And um, it's a wonderful thing when we can get there, when we are in those situations, and when the environment lends itself towards freedom, when there's unity with a group, with a group of people. And, and when our focus is on God, that we can actually tap into those moments. Right. In fact, I'll speak to that. Um, I think atmosphere does play a role um, that uh, there has to be uh, unity like you brought up. I think there also has to be um, just an atmosphere of, of focus on the Lord um, because, yeah. uh, you know, we can get too busy or too rushed. I know a lot of churches have two services and that makes it difficult. I think you still can enter into prophetic worship, but it does, it does present a challenge uh, when you're under time constraint. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. And it's, it's one of those things where it really, you know, it gives you a motivation to, um, you know, really strive for those opportunities, you know, how can we create environments? How can we create a situation that would lend itself towards, you know, being a, a place where there's freedom and worship and there's unity and we're just enjoying the presence of God. And we're not really worried about a time constraint. We're not really tied down to anything that would be, um, you know, distractions. You know, if you're, if you're leading worship, if you're playing or singing with a group of musicians or singers and there's distractions and a lack of focus you know, there's a high chance you're not going to have those special worship moments where the prophetic can really come through. Right. Uh, I know my uh, my family has a ministry called Fresh Oil where that's exactly what we do. And I know a lot of churches set aside just a worship night. And um, can you tell us about Naba Nights that you came up with at our church? Yes, actually, Naba Nights was something that just really, it occurred to me that we needed another avenue where we can worship freely the musicians and singers of the church not just on a sunday morning context or a wednesday night or our usual week-to-week um worship times but just i was thinking how can we have another night where we can come together and truly put all of the agenda aside and just get together pray seek god and just worship and from that uh, after a few meetings like that we really started to experience uh freedom um, moves of the prophetic in worship, and it was it was just incredible. But it was because we took the lid off, so to speak, and we took the limits off, and we had to 
think outside of the box and say, what can we do to, um, to have a chance for this environment, to have a opportunity for this freedom to occur with our group? Right. I, I remember those nights and I remember that um, out of that even came some spontaneous um, spontaneous worship, which actually led into even some uh, spontaneous melodies and um, and things that I think we would hope to incorporate into future projects. And um, so I definitely think that there's so many um, so many opportunities for prophetic worship, but we have to cultivate those opportunities. Yeah. about uh, maybe your journey into becoming a worship leader and, uh, you know, if that was a Naba journey and how that came about. Absolutely. Yeah, I was probably 18, 19 when I started to lead worship. And this was a long time ago um, at the church that I grew up in. And at that time, you have to remember, this was probably, yeah, this was, late 90s into the early 2000s. So the praise and worship movement was really shifting and kind of becoming a thing at that time. But um, I still didn't quite know the ins and outs of praise and worship, but we kind of got a youth group together. And uh, our youth pastor kind of put together a worship team, and he asked me to lead worship. At that time, I was in a Christian rock band, and I was trying to... I wanted to be like the next third day or DC talk or newsboy. You know, that's what I was wanting to do is just kind of just do Christian rock, that kind of deal concerts, that kind of deal. But as I continue to be in that atmosphere um, and in that environment, week in and week out leading worship for the youth group, um, there was one specific night where there was an individual who came in. It was a teenager who was covered in tattoos, piercings, there was, an, there was a teenager who was clearly not saved, did not have a relationship with God, but came into that environment, came to a Wednesday night youth service. And the Holy Spirit moved on me and the worship team, and he came down to the front and just wept and just cried his eyes out and got on his knees and basically was saved in that night. And I thought to myself, this is what I'm called to. Wow. So really the, the music itself became evangelistic because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. That's and awesome. I still, yeah, I was still in this Christian rock band at the time, but this was what really pushed me over the edge and said, I want to give my time and my energy to this. This is what I'm called to. Right. So I left the other group and focused solely on worship and leading the team. So can you maybe just for a minute talk about um, the difference between uh, worship music, uh, ministry type music, and maybe music that's Christian and clean, but just not necessarily um, worship in, in that sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I love all kinds of music. I love, um, like if you turn on the radio and you listen to what I would consider Christian pop, Christian pop rock, I'm a fan of all of it, but there's clearly a difference. And I would say that worship, especially prophetic worship, I would say prophetic worship is intimate and it's clearly designed and geared towards, you know, getting before God, getting in his presence. Sometimes the music is a little bit more ambient in style. Um, sometimes it's more dynamic. I mean, it's, it's the songs can be longer than just a radio single, just a Christian pop song. So, you know, I, I love all kinds of music. I love all kinds of Christian music. It has its place. 
Christian radio has its place, but I'm really a fan of the intimate worship. And I just think it's a different intention. There's a different reality right. about worship. Well, I think it produces, it produces encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was going to speak to that also. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm thinking about a time that we went through in our family. My husband, uh, both of his parents died uh, within a year of each other and they passed away and he went through, uh, you know, a struggle with processing the emotion attached to that and, and everything. And there was a season that there was a, it was actually something that was not my typical genre, but it was Karen Wheaton's song, uh, Lord, you're holy. That song became a rhema word for me. Um, it became a Naba word for me and it ministered to me. And it's like I had to listen to it every day during that season. And that's happened you know, through the years where lots of songs where a song will really, uh, God will breathe on, Holy Spirit will breathe on it and it'll speak to me in a season or situation. There's been so many of those, that particular one stood out, but there's been other songs like that. I even think of the song uh, that's popular right now in the waiting, you know, that just, there's so much, um, just prophetic inspiration. That That's a novel lyric, you know, that just, uh, yeah it's a message in and of itself and it, and it can it produce encounter with the Holy spirit. Beth, I totally understand that because there's been times where I have also just had a song laid on my heart by the Holy spirit. And to be honest, I would listen to it repetitiously. And I, there's been times where I would just weep um, under the power of the Holy spirit. And I knew God was doing a work in me like an inner healing. So, um, but for you, it was, it was this particular song, right? It was right by Karen Waiting. Wow. Yeah, it was just a powerful song, and it was actually a song that uh, she did that had a choir with it. It had a kind of a traditional sound, but um, it was it just became you know a song that that uh, was sort of brought peace to me in this situation, and and so it became uh, it became a naba uh, sound that God uh, used to prophetically inspire me with faith through that situation. That is amazing. There's so many times where I have woken up in the morning and the Lord has put a song in my spirit, like as I wake up. Has that ever happened to you? Or like there's a certain song? Absolutely. I have those all the time. I'm thinking of one right now. Um, it, it wasn't a major situation, but uh, even this year, you know, just uh, something that uh, I was unsure of the way forward and the song uh, Waymaker. Uh, sort of spoke to me and uh, yeah awesome song and um, it's by the Pentecostals of Alexandria Uh, you should definitely check it out Um, but uh, I know we do that song at our church and that song spoke to me Uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit inspired it at least in my situation to speak to me to show me that um, that there's all he always makes a way uh, that he's the way maker and uh, so that yeah that song has just been something that's uh, been something that's blessed me and inspired me this year. That is incredible. Well, Matt, thank you for being on the show. I hope to have you back. Uh, anytime we, we talk about uh, the prophetic and music, uh, you're kind of going to be the go-to person. I hope to have you as a regular guest. Thank you yeah. so much uh, for sharing uh, your time with us and your insight and wisdom. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. It's been fun uh, to be a part of this. And yes, I'm looking forward to future podcasts. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. One of the ways the Lord ministers to us is through music. I believe the Holy Spirit can prophetically minister to us through music, which is Nava music or prophetically inspired music. Uh, one of the most popular stories in the Bible that I can think of is in 1 Samuel 16, uh, verse 23. It says that, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. We know that the Holy Spirit ministered prophetic peace to Saul when David played. In fact, I would even go so far as to say that it ministered deliverance to him. You can definitely infer that from that scripture. Um, I believe that music oftentimes, especially worship music, can be a vehicle for peace and deliverance. I know that in um, church and in different situations, I have seen people who have had difficult situations in their life or, or they just live in a constant state of chaos. And when they come into church and, and um, they are sitting under worship music, it can minister peace and deliverance to them. And uh, a lot of people have the mentality of, struggling through the week and and they come into church for worship and uh, they feel refreshed when they leave and and I believe that is prophetically inspired music um, and I actually want to speak to that real quick um, taking worship on the three levels uh, with the temple as our pattern of the outer court inner court and holy of holies I believe that uh, there can even be Outer court, inner court, and holy of holies, Naba music. Um, I know that many people in the out, let's say the outer court, have that same mentality where they come in and they receive during worship uh, refreshment. They receive de deliverance from the chaos in their life, and the Holy Spirit is able to minister peace to them. And so they, um, they sort of, I've heard people say, I just got to get uh, charged, you know, recharged for the week by coming and sitting under worship. That is, to me, an outer court expression of Naba worship. That's valuable. That's wonderful. That's, that's great that they uh, can get ministered to. But there is a deeper level. So let's move into the inner court. Uh, this is where the priest would serve. And so... I believe in the inner court, there's an exchange of worship. Not only do we uh, pour out our hearts in gratitude and worship unto the Lord in, in a heart of thanksgiving, um, but it, He also ministers to us. So there's this, there's this wonderful prophetic Naba exchange that happens on that level. And then if I would say if we were to move into the Holy of Holies, level of worship. I believe this is the, the level where it's uh, spirit to spirit. You could say that in the outer court um, that that's largely flesh driven. Uh, the inner court is soul driven and the Holy of Holies though represents spirit to spirit, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth where I ask for nothing. It's not about me. It's only about Jesus. And um, Beverly says this, that it's as if we uh, take our oil, just as Mary did, 
and pour it out on His feet. We pour our worship onto the Lord. And so it's all about Him. And we just learn to be in His presence. That's it. Asking for nothing, only worshiping the Lord. But in that process, I believe that everything has already been done, that the Lord has already answered our questions. He's already met our needs. Uh, I could touch on um, Hebrews 4 right there. Uh, This is one of my mom's signature messages, uh, and I'll give you like a quick summation of that, that the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness with Moses, Hebrews 4 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, that any of you should come short of it. In other words, it's saying, hey, don't miss this. Don't come short of this point. Verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, meaning us today, and them meaning the children of Israel. But the word preached to them did not profit them, uh, because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we, meaning us today, which believe do enter into that rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So basically what that's saying is, uh, don't be like the children of Israel and miss your promised land or your rest because the works were already done from the foundation of the earth. The example Uh, would be that the children of Israel were wandering in the desert and they were beginning to get thirsty. And they asked Moses, you know, for water. Moses prayed and and it was, uh, you know, they were just not quite to their destination, but the people began to complain. And Moses ends up striking the rock and they have the bitter waters of Merah. In fact, the word Merah means bitter And so I believe that represents God's permissive will, that uh, when we get impatient, when we try to do it ourselves, when we begin to complain and demand an answer from the Lord, that we enter into the permissive will of God, that that we, uh, we we have tried to force things to happen. Had they walked in faith, had they been obedient, Right up the road, just a tiny bit more, was Elam, the beautiful oasis with the 12 springs and the 12 palms, with everything they needed prepared from the foundation of the earth. So that represents God's perfect will. We want to be in God's perfect will, not necessarily His permissive will. Although there is, although there is grace to be in His permissive will, But I I strive to be in right standing, which means righteous, in right standing with God, meaning I'm not perfect, but I'm I'm living obedient, I'm focused on the Lord. That puts me positionally in right standing with God so that my steps can be ordered of the Lord and that I uh, walk right into my destiny, the perfect will of God. And so I believe in worship that we have to understand that when we're in the presence of the Lord, we can do a Hebrews 4 rest, knowing that from the foundation of the earth, God has already answered your question. He's already met your need. Um, he's, he's already take, given you peace. He, in fact, Jesus doesn't just 
bring peace or give peace. He is peace. Peace is not a what. Peace is a who. That's something I say a lot of times is that the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus is, is not necessarily a what, but a who. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is peace. And so when we get into His presence, that's what we find. I would encourage you as you go forward this week to enter into Naba worship with the Lord. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and consider giving through patreon.com slash the practical prophetic. All proceeds will continue to fund this podcast and thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E at aim, A-I-M dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.